Good evening to all of you, uh, and I welcome you to this 110th session of the weekly huddle. It's been just about two and a half years that we have been doing this, uh, where we host an hour-long program uh, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I'm your host, Anup, and uh, hopefully joining me today will be my friend and co-host, Praneet. Uh, he is still finishing his angiogram. We both are cardiologists who recently joined Kim's Hospital. Uh, I'll just give a brief introduction of the huddle, which a lot of you already know about it. The huddle is an unscripted audience level interaction where we address common clinical scenarios that we encounter in our daily clinical practice. These days, we have been restricting our discussion around a clinical case, but the premise is that we discuss whatever is relevant to our clinical practice. So today, while we are not discussing a case, uh, the topic that we are trying to discuss is something which is quite relevant, and it is, I would say, a pretty burning topic currently uh, across the media and amongst the doctors as well. While we are not practicing uh, infectious disease expert, uh, this uh, topic is of particular relevance to each one of us because we always have our friends, families, and friends and patients who ask us about uh, our thought process, uh, particularly uh, with this uh, emerging uh, information about the new virus. So we are talking about uh, the monkeypox virus, which uh, very recently, I believe uh, a few days ago, WHO declared it a global health emergency. Now the fact that it has been found in, uh, I believe more than 70 countries now, uh, with US and Europe pretty much leading uh, the count. So we are gonna try to discuss about uh, the monkeypox virus, what it is, what kind of clinical syndrome it presents, are there any available treatment, what kind of virulence we can expect, is it, is it another COVID uh, which is gonna come up like a wave, is it going to affect a lot of us, what are the transmission patterns, is there any concern for India now the fact I believe that two, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six cases have been confirmed yet where uh, the government of Telangana is already considering uh, screening all uh, international arrivals. Uh, I don't think that has been um, uh, placed in rule yet. Uh, we, will, we should be discussing uh, who are at risk population, what are the prevention strategies, are there any uh, hygiene like what we have been talking about masking and stuff for COVID, is there something like that for monkeypox, and what is the status of vaccination? So all of these things we will discuss, and uh, uh, obviously uh, we don't know much about it. So we have got experts with us. Uh, Dr. Pratik Patil, he is an infectious disease expert uh, uh, at Kim's Hospital, Sikandrabad. He's going to he's going to be leading the discussion, and uh, we will hopefully be joined by Dr. Uh, Shivaraju as well, who is also uh, an expert in this particular field. When I say expert, because it's a new virus, I believe that a lot of us, we are also learning over the period of time. So uh, typically we start this discussion with a clinical case and we typically invite my cardiology colleagues to give their impression about the clinical case before we ask the expert for their opinion. In this particular uh, session, because I don't have a clinical case and I don't think a lot of us uh, are, have a first-hand uh, information about uh, the monkeypox virus. So I will directly start with you. Maybe you can set the stage and then we can engage in discussion. Uh, just to give an idea, uh, we have a variety of audience who participate in us. Maybe over time, we will see a few more people joining. The uh, audience comprises of uh, general physicians, uh, medicine, uh, we have got cardiologists uh, from all across the spectrum. We'll have the junior most, we have the senior most. So uh, we will get a variety of discussion on this platform. So Pradeek, sir, over the next few minutes, just give us a little bit of uh, uh, what you call narration on what this virus is, and then we can uh, engage in discussion. Pradeek, sir, all yours. Yep. Sure. Uh, thank you, Dr. Anup. Uh, thanks for this uh, uh, new uh, thing, what we are going to discuss today. See, if you see, like you mentioned, expert, but it's all probably theory. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, most of us have not seen any uh, case of monkeypox so far. But uh, still, I would uh, try to help you using some basic things about the infectious diseases so that we can have better preparedness and awareness about this disease. Probably, how are we going to tackle this? So starting with this uh, monkey virus, 
it's uh, from the orthopox virus family and uh, the two other viruses which belong to the same family are the variola vaccine which caused the smallpox which probably most of uh, in most of us after 1980s have not seen any case we just read it in the books that there was a disease like this probably we saw some of the senior people uh, having the marks uh, permanent marks or scars uh, following the smallpox and then there is a vaccine uh, the virus which is used for the smallpox uh, vaccine uh, preparation so these three viruses are the part of this family so now monkeypox is not a new disease it's been known for many years i think it was in 1970s that it was first reported uh, and it is mostly limited as a human disease in african countries uh, predominantly a central africa and western africa these are the two predominant clades we can say are strains and it has caused a few, quite a few occasions some uh, outbreaks the dif- disease had been limited to only these uh, areas and there were few outbreaks in us and europe as well but this is the first time there is a such a global spread in the matter of 3 months i think the current outbreak which started in uh, may 2022 uh, already in matter of 3 months it spread almost uh, across all the continents where uh, you know except probably antarctica so yeah you have cases in north america south america europe asia uh, including the uh, australia Uh, where and uh, new zealand where they were quite strict about covid and they were but still they have more number of cases than in india so in india i think as of now we have four as far as my con, uh, you know uh, my knowledge goes three in kerala and uh, i think uh, sorry four or five probably no, two two or three in kerala one in new, uh, new delhi and one in uh, i think telangana so these are the few cases that have been confirmed so far in uh, india so these outbreaks uh, the good thing i'll talk about uh, the uh, clinical or the medical uh, information subsequently but uh, good thing i'm uh, going to say is probably the virus which is causing this is uh, slightly different and probably more mutated for the human transmission in terms of that's caused the probably less virulent strain so it's uh, the first thing we need to know is it's a less virulent strain than the conventional or the traditional strain so the traditionally there is a mortality up to 11% however with the current uh, epidemic uh, which is going on or the current outbreak it's up to 6% so 3 to 6% is the case fatality that has been reported so far so that's in a way good thing now second concern what we all have is whether it's going to be the next covid uh fortunately or hopefully it is not likely to be two reasons uh, now first thing this is a virus which spreads by the droplet transmission so that's why it's not like in covid which is airborne now we know and initially also covid there was lot of confusion that whether it's airborne whether it's a droplet but now all we all of us know that it's an airborne disease however monkeypox we are dealing with for nearly 50 years there is adequate information about the transmission dynamics so far so we know it's a droplet infection so the chances that somebody will get it through the air is very very less and the main concern should be the direct contact so if somebody is having a uh, lesions then if you get in contact that to a physical contact so a short duration contact where you have not been involved in a physical touch chances of transmission are very less and again uh, even through the droplets it can happen but again it has to be a less than 6 feet distance now, uh, so these are the few favorable things so uh, a normal uh, medical mask which is a triple layer medical mask which most often we use nowadays should be good enough for you to protect from this virus unless somebody is doing some aerosol generating procedures let's say somebody is intubated and you are going to do the suctioning on that or some bronchoscopy so for these kind of procedures uh, you need to wear n95 but otherwise the triple layer medical mask should be good enough to protect you from this disease if at all there is some transmission uh, through the uh, air so it should not happen more than 6 feet uh, it should be a very close contact for at least 15 minutes to have a significant exposure 
so that is one thing epidemiologically we need to understand so that's why it is uh, less likely to spread rapidly it's not as infectious as the uh, smallpox smallpox was much more virulent and infectious it is much lesser virulent than that and then among the small among the monkeypox if you talk there are two strains and probably this is some third strain so what we know is this uh, second strain which is common and which is the uh, the third strain is derived from probably the second strain uh, it is less virulent than the first strain which is the congo or central african strain so the strain which is circulating across the world it's less virulent than the uh, first clade or the strain so that's also a relatively good news we can say uh yeah i think uh, this is what about the transmission dynamics so it's about the contact most likely yes now there is a case from delhi which has report, been reported that uh, he, uh, he had not had any direct contact known or he had not traveled now uh, rest of the cases had history of travel from middle east and probably they had been exposed to the virus probably they while they stay in the middle east or probably during the air travel that's a possibility because we all know that middle east is a transit for most of us when you travel to the europe or america so there is a lot of mixing that happens in middle east uh, or uh, this thing so that's possible but there is one link in delhi where there was no history of any travel and that person has been confirmed to have a monkey pox so that is uh, the only odd situation but uh, i think uh, so far uh, the uh, focus should be on uh, travel history so if somebody had traveled probably we need to dig in more if they had a, been direct contact with anybody with skin rash now if we talk about this uh, disease process or let's say the syndrome now it's common that uh, they have a fever now with just fever you may not be identify early because usually the fever uh, the uh, infection it has two different stages one is the invasion stage which is usually first 5 days where the person may just have a fever headache which follows the lymph node enlargement which is very significant finding so probably when we see the patients on uh, you know daily basis probably now on the another thing that we need to be careful is lymph nodes so if somebody has significant lymph node enlargement along with the other symptoms like back pain muscle pain asthenia this can point towards possible monkeypox and this is what Uh, separates or distinguishes it from the other uh, fever with rash syndromes let's say the other close mimickers are herpes zoster or the chicken pox or the smallpox so in obviously we don't see smallpox anymore but uh, in uh, varicella and all you don't see the lymph node enlargements which is common in the monkeypox so any patient if somebody comes across with skin and rash uh, which can be suspicious always for the lymph and if their lymphodes your suspicion will be really high that it can be monkeypox and after the 3 uh, days of fever only most of the times the rash appears so for 3 days this is the critical period when there is a rash probably you can identify it early or you can initiate the process of uh, you know testing and all but in first 3 days when there is no rash that becomes critical period where we may uh, you know get exposed or uh, many people might get exposed this is what uh, we need to focus on if somebody has fever with recent transmission uh, recent travel from the uh, anywhere i would say right now because as you mentioned already that uh, the hotspot is uh, uh, us and european countries like uh, spain portugal uk there are a lot of uh, have lot of cases compared to other countries so if they are coming from these countries should be very suspicious after if they have fever so uh, we probably have to double cautious in those cases thank you sir uh... we can probably ask few direct questions to you uh, so that we can get uh... uh a little bit of discussion around it uh i was making notes as you were talking yep. about so so few questions as i as i look into all these media news whatever comes 
the only thing i see mm-hmm. is the is the dash pattern so my question to you is is it a respiratory disease or is it a dermatologic disease or is it a systemic illness altogether it is a disease has to be a, there should be a viremia so there is okay. a transient viremia initially when there is a febrile phase first phase there is a viremia and then it causes the rash so the rash is not probably the transmission is local but there is a phase of viremia and that's how the dissemination in the body happens so if you see the distribution of rash the most common area involved is face that's up to in i think uh, 95% of the cases the face is involved followed by the palms and soles which is around 70 75 or mucosa is also involved in 70% cases nearly so yes it is both it's just so you can have the respiratory so if somebody is coughing probably you may still have to be careful so that's why the mask is needed so if it was just a locally or the just a contact transmission probably you won't need a mask but yes there is a chance that you may get exposed due to the respiratory secretions because the lesions are seen outside but you can have the lesions even in the oral mucosa so through that you can get exposed and uh, you can get the viral infection so that's why uh, it's a droplet trans- uh, transmission like i said so you need to wear the mask and give the mask to the patient also if you have somebody suspected and uh, you mentioned the mortality or the case fatality being 6 to 13% earlier probably 13% now this is a mutated virus uh so lower as 6% i have two observations to that and i'm going to ask you both of them number one why 6% we are thinking it is better it's still way high than what we were seeing in covid other than delta variant the case fatality for covid hardly touched 2% or so so to me a 6% case fatality for uh, a monkeypox is very high that is number 1 and number 2 how are they actually dying like are they dying of respiratory illness or they are dying of some other uh, uh, pro- problem so if you could highlight both of them yeah so yes the case fatality rate is 3 to 6% yes it is probably higher uh, than the covid and uh, again uh, with the time with the vaccine the covid case fatality has much uh, you know improve uh, improved i would say it's not even 2% probably now but initially probably it was around 4% 2 to 4% or probably sometimes around 6% but now it's much lesser so 3 to 6% is still high but compared to the traditional uh, thing when you compare the uh, with the prior historical uh, case fatality of monkeypox this is less so not really low it is significant now the causes of death are secondary bacterial infections obviously these are pustules so if you see the sequence of the disease progression it starts with the initial febrile disease followed by the skin eruptions which progress from a macule then become papules becomes vesicle pustules and then crust this is the natural progression of the skin lesions most often it is a self limited disease which is 2 to 4 weeks and the issue with this is now uh, this is probably slightly worse side of the uh, story is when compared to the covid where Uh, as per understanding that viral transmission period is around 8 days but in this case the viral transmission period is very high uh, a very long period so you start probably uh, spreading the virus or you are infectious from day to uh, initial fever and onwards or one or two days prior to the onset of rash till your rash completely scabs and the crust formation the crust falls off so probably these people are infectious till the rash completely goes away so you have a long infectious period here that is the concern so if exposed you can expose to multiple people and it has a long incubation period as well so if you see the incubation period is around 6 to 13 days and uh, which may vary again between 5 to 21 days depends upon the uh, host so that is the concern here that you may expose if identification is late uh, late you may expose to multiple people so now the uh, con- uh, the causes of uh, death so it is known to have complications like secondary bacterial infections pneumonia is known sepsis is known and encephalitis is also uh, noted these are the most commonest complications of this disease that have been reported so far
Pratik sir, I have two more questions, but I think the stage is set for my attendees. If they have any uh, questions, comments, or anything they want to add, please raise your hand or uh, put your uh, comments or question in the chat box uh, so that we can keep the discussion going. Pratik sir, two things that come to my mind, which I will ask. Number one, uh, you said droplet transmission. I I believe I read yep. that it is mostly happening in men who have sex with men. Is that is that correct? Like, is it is it an STD? Yes. So there are two. <clears throat> no, no, no. It's not STD. See, there are two ways of transmission. One, like I said, droplet. Second is a contact, close contact. So it's a physical contact. So what? So uh, other than this uh, respiratory droplet tra transmission, any contact with these rashes or the skin. Un ungloved. If you are not wearing gloves and if you touch or get exposed to the skin or the uh, rashes or the body fluids of these these people or patients, including the respiratory secretions, saliva, these are all infectious body fluids. So any such contact is possible exposure. That's one. So any physical contact is considered significant. So uh, what you're mentioning is the, yes, the, uh, that the con uh, people uh, who are uh, men having sex with men, MSMs, these are the commonest hosts to have this infection. However, we are not yet sure whether it's a sexually transmitted. Probably, obviously, during the sexual intercourse, there should be a close physical contact. That is the reason probably they have the such uh, transmission, which is common. Again, probably it's the close physical contact. We still don't have enough data or information to say that it is spread through the sex. However, it is known to cause a vertical transmission. So from a pregnant mother, it can be transmitted to the fetus. And sir, one last question before I open it uh, for discussion. Um, uh, that is, where did I write that last question? How how are we testing these these viruses? Are we like PCR? What are we doing? Yes. So again, the most uh, important specimen is your vesicle or whatever the body fluid or the skin lesions. That lesion has to be sent. It can be the the scraping or it can be the fluid from the pustule or vesicle or it could be the skin biopsy. That has to be sent for the PCR. And again, the difference from the COVID is there is no viral transmission media that is needed. So uh, transport media, there is no transport media needed. It has to be a just in a sterile container, you can send it in a cold chain that is maintained. So you, there is no blood PCR here, and not even uh, throat swab as for the current available guidelines. It's just the lesion that you have to send. Blood PCR is not inaccurate, is not accurate because the viremia is very short lasting. It's not a prolonged viremia. That's why it is inaccurate. So the only uh, skin biopsy or the samples from the skin lesions are the diagnostic. And uh, the antibodies or the antigen-based tests are not good because they may have a cross-reactivity. So as far as sampling or diagnosis is concerned, skin lesions, PCR from the skin lesions are the fluid. And you said early in the days, they don't get uh, skin lesions. It mostly acts as a systemic illness with non-specific fever and cough. So how will we diagnose them? Right. Like, how do we do screening yeah. of asymptomatic carriers? Can we do that? See, uh, if you have somebody high-risk host, let's say somebody who has been exposed to a case of monkeypox, and then he develops fever and these classic symptoms like uh, body pain, asthenia, and lymph nodes, in that phase, probably we can send the blood PCR. We can do it because uh, it's possibly this is a phase where there is a viremia. That's the reason probably they develop fever. But again, it's not foolproof. It's not uh, widely available. The only place right now who is doing this is uh, NIV Pune. So uh, we have to isolate these people, probably get in touch with them, get the sample, and probably we can send it. They do it on special request or as a special case, they will obviously try to do these things. But it's not been available as a general guidelines so far because uh, it's still probably we're evolving. We don't know what are the transmission dynamics. So far, the people with uh, history of uh, you know, MSMs, 
they were the high risk but now we know that people who are traveling that's the risk now again we don't know like in case in delhi where there is no travel history so probably rash is the one most common because rest of the times it can be any other disease so to screen for everybody without history becomes very difficult unless the number of cases rise too much so that we can suspect in every case like in current situation if you see any mild respiratory disease or any sort of respiratory disease the most common cause is covid but i don't think we can deal with the monkeypox same way at the moment because our resources are limited that's why we need to uh, identify only the high risk cases or highly suspicious cases for this so if telangana government or any other government if they institute a policy of screening people who have uh, uh, come from abroad how are they going to screen it i'm just curious about it see uh, probably again they would ask the questionnaire with uh, whether somebody has been in contact with any person who had skin lesions or has been diagnosed with monkeypox okay that's one any person who has a fever or any active lesions or skin rashes so these are the few questions i can think of they can ask or they can screen for the fever or rashes but i don't think there is any simple test to identify and I, i i don't think we can quarantine people just because they have come from uh, abroad yes high risk cases they can, they have to be under quarantine unless ruled otherwise uh, but uh, i don't think it's easy to do that but probably yes we may have to start screening uh, those people at least even if you pick a few that will be helpful but we don't have any rapid multiplex pcr at the moment to screen everybody like what was done during the covid uh, i don't think uh, we have that much uh, uh, capability just yet pratik sir thank you for setting that stage i will uh, open the discussion and i'll start with shankar sir for his comments or questions or anything shankar sir please take it. take over good evening to all uh, uh, the covid people have uh, in not fully recovered from a covid jolt but uh, monkey pox has entered into our country as a thunderbolt uh, so regarding uh, dr pratik has said uh, even in msm um, may not be possible it may be a personal contact because of face to face contact for more than 3 hours in the 2 meter radius so prone for uh, this monkey box uh, uh, infection so but the virus is detected in the seminal and as well as uh, the vaginal fluids also uh, so that's why uh, the sexual transmission is also a possibility uh, because of many cases uh, detected to be having monkey pox uh, men with sex with the men only uh, so and the second thing is the who world health organization uh, in post recovery cases it is insisting to use condom for 12 weeks during sexual activity so uh, so thinking that there may be possibility of sexual transmission between the partners uh regarding the transmission apart from uh, personal contact direct indirect and all respiratory droplet and, and the second thing is the lymphadenopathy is a key distinguishing feature among the arthropox viruses as uh, dr pratik patil uh, alluded to uh, but one more thing we see especially smallpox uh, i have not seen and uh, uh, unless uh, there will be bioterrorism or uh, biological war uh, the smallpox may be may enter into any arena so so smallpox in the chickenpox that is a varicella apart from the the vesicular lesions are characteristically in a different stages of development and healing so there may be macules vesicles then uh, papules pustules uh, scabs and all different stages of uh, this uh, skin manifestations will be there in the chicken pox but uh, whereas in monkey pox 
the skin lesions are of generally at the same stage if their vesicle stage is there vesicles only and uh, one more thing is the umbilication will be there in uh, uh, this monkey pox like uh, similar to uh, smallpox uh, and uh, the skin lesions are more on the palms and soles in the face this is uh, typically seen in uh, smallpox but uh, not in uh, chickenpox so likewise the chickenpox can be differentiated because we, we come across uh, chickenpox cases very frequently uh, uh, this is regarding the, uh, the varicella and differential diagnosis between varicella and the monkeypox or the chickenpox and uh, one more thing is suppose we come across many viral illnesses with the prodromata the same of monkeypox only like myalgia body ache backache then uh, uh, the fever chills uh, sometimes adenopathy and all but uh, even after 5 days of this prodrome if the patient does not get a rash we can safely exclude that the patient is not having monkeypox because the rash will appear at least with, within 2 3 days after the onset of the fever so even after 5 days of prodrome if the patient does not get a rash we can safely rule out a monkeypox uh these are my points so far thank you so much sir i think that was quite relevant uh i invite anybody who has got any questions or comments either for uh, prateek sir or uh, for shankar sir either you can uh, unmute yourself ask the question or write it in the chat box and uh, i will happily take it uh, to the experts today and uh, while you do that i will uh, continue my discussion with uh, prateek sir regarding this particular virus so sir uh, one of the things that we did not discuss is vaccination now we hear this whole news about uh, us uh, men particularly lined up to get this vaccination done tell us about how are we getting this vaccine how come monkeypox has a vaccine available which covid took one and a half years to get and what is this whole story of about vaccine is it available is it working patik yeah see vaccine for covid uh, sorry the monkey pox is available but only on certain uh, criteria so because uh, it's been a disease which is uh, there for nearly 50 years so there are couple of vaccines available uh, just i think it's the one by genios or something and there is one more vaccine which is available but it has been limited to the research setting so those who have the lab workers or the uh, people who handle the viruses in the lab for the research these are the people who are traditionally vaccinated with these vaccines however cdc is vaccinating people nowadays who are at high risk like immediate close contacts or the uh, sexual partners who have been exposed between uh, any anybody who has had a close exposure uh, up to 4 days they are vaccinating sometimes even up to 2 weeks they are giving the vaccine for this so the vaccines uh, uh, this is a monkey pox vaccine uh, regarding uh, smallpox also it gives some cross reactivity so that uh, people who had taken uh, this smallpox vaccines they will have some protection against the monkey pox so Uh, this uh, vaccine has been made available by cdc as a special recommendation for post exposure prophylaxis but uh, i don't think uh, that's available in india so i think uh, we have some uh, problems there but yes uh, since it's been a uh, disease for a long time it is available uh, efficacy of these vaccines i'm not sure how it is uh, but yeah that's what i can say from my end regarding the vaccines Thank you Pratik sir I again reiterate if anybody has got any questions or comments please feel free to uh, ask your questions uh, or if you have a comment about uh, your thoughts regarding uh, this virus uh, you are welcome to unmute yourself and share and share your thought uh, and uh, while you do that I will continue my uh, discussion with uh, Pratik sir and Shankar sir please feel free to uh, jump in whenever uh, uh there is something that uh, you want to add 
So Pratik sir, we didn't talk about treatment part. Now we know it's a virus. So the antivirals, are we again going to start prescribing some uh, some weird uh, antiviral for this drug, for this uh, virus? Do we have a standard therapy? Uh, what is the current status? Are we, can we treat this virus? See, most often it is the uh, self-limiting disease, most often. So it may, there are a couple of drugs which have been uh, available for, uh, in, by CDC. It, it was used for the smallpox, but supposed to work for monkeypox. So it's, but we don't, I have not heard that it is available in India. There is a drug called Tecovirimat. Tecovirimat. Yeah, that's right. It is. So this is available, but not probably in India, US it's available. The only thing, other options as far as us, uh, we are concerned, serofovir has been in vitro sensitive for these viruses, pox viruses. So that may be an option for us in cases who are sick. So that is only one thing that we can say. If somebody needs antiviral, probably CD4 is what we need, uh, serofovir. Serofovir is what we need to consider. Cidofovir is the same one that we use for hepatitis C, is that correct? No, 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 no. Cidofovir no. was used for PMV. For? CMV. CMV, okay. For, for CMV it was used. It is reserved for the resistant CMV infections, which are resistant to probably gancyclovir or valgancyclovir. Okay, so it's a cidofovir. And that is available in India, is what you're saying? Yes, we can make it okay. available. Okay, I see, I see. Uh, and, uh, sir, because we are all healthcare providers here, what is your suggestion in terms of going forward? Because it seems like in this, in this global world that we are living in, if there are 70 countries which have reported uh, uh, monkeypox, including India, uh, and if it is something which is transmissible, it's just a matter of time uh, before we start seeing these kind of cases in our uh, clinics and hospitals. So is it time to react for healthcare workers because we are sitting in a higher risk setup or you think that right now we can wait and watch and see how things evolve? I think uh, we you have to be and uh, cautious about uh, the cases. We should be, we should not be missing cases. That's the most important thing. And any rash that we handle, we have to be, uh, you know, uh, cautious that we don't get ourselves exposed. And same time, we should report that so that uh, the further chain of exposure is uh, averted and uh, uh, we can take appropriate measures for isolation and reporting. So that is what I would say right now we have to do. We have to be very vigilant and uh, uh, then take it from there. Because we really don't know how, uh, you know, how is it going to spread, how, uh, how, much, how many number of cases we are going to see and uh, regarding the severity also. Uh, so I think with time, we will have more information. How is it spreading? It's, then we can take further notice. And uh, with, with time, probably more number of labs will be available for testing so that we can increase the screening process also. Sir, one thing that we always talked about with COVID in terms of fat risk population for mortality, not for the infection, but for mortality. And what goes for every infection or every viral infection, which is elderly population, comorbidities, people who have got uh, some concurrent illnesses and all those which are obvious high risk uh, people who may not only get infected, but uh, they have a higher risk of mortality. Is there some at-risk population described for monkeypox who are at high risk for mortality other than what I mentioned? Because I'm guessing, you know, a weakened immunity, extremes of age, comorbidities, those are pretty uh, standard. They sound generic, but they are pretty standard. I think that that concept applies for every virus. But is there anything particular about this monkey virus? Uh, I think uh, it's like generic only. People with immune deficiency has been found to have worse outcomes. That's what uh, the available information says. 
so probably the young kids and the uh, people with immunodeficiency is what is been reported and in pregnancy because there is a vertical transmission you can have a congenital monkeypox or the lesions can be there in one so these are the things are there but more particular about it as well the information goes and uh, i believe one of the thing which we uh, got it late in covid was this role of uh, building immune system in the form of uh, eating healthy and taking vitamins and all those kind of things and that actually triggered an entire cascade of prescribing heavy dose vitamins to those patients who were diagnosed covid thinking that it's going to help with their immune system uh, only to later realize that vitamins are something which uh, uh we need over a general life uh something that should uh, strengthen our immune system rather than taking it at the time of illness will it be advisable that going forward before we hit a out outbreak of uh, monkeypox in india is it advisable that uh, we talk to our patients and tell them this is the time to build up your immunity either with healthy diet or with vitamin supplements or what not so that if the wave comes we are better prepared for that will that be an overkill or you think that that is the correct way to go if you really frankly ask me i don't suggest my patients about any vitamin supplements except probably vitamin d because there is a um cause of hypovitaminosis i don't need vitamin c i don't know how the tablet tests frankly so i i don't support this yes healthy diet is what i stick to and i don't suggest blanket use of any vitamins or minerals or any supplements if you have a vitamin d deficiency probably you can take that not for building up immunity we think possibly there is some data that vitamin d may have something to do with lot of infection overdoses harm to the patients so there is no data that vitamin c really helps on the contrary there are theories what uh, you know we saw a bad mucor case uh, you know overload after the second wave of or even after first wave of covid and probably probably there is no confirmation yet but uh, zinc which was used like crazy during the first and second wave or probably even now is been used by some of the people has been suspected uh, of infection uh, like an immunological risk of mucor mycosis so similar possibility that triggered such an epidemic of mucor cases we are not sure but uh, that could be a contributory factor so i would not recommend any diet any additional supplements except for a normal uh, healthy food is what my take on this so sir if you say that uh, vitamin c or that limsy tablet did not help then all these people who popped it in in kilos not just in milligrams they will feel really bad about it uh there is no evidence so why i should support it that's fine it's okay you made a mistake but the important thing is to learn now yes initially when there is no data probably that's fine to take a chance but now we are two years down the line we are much more wiser there is lot more data so why do it now if you are making the same mistake even after knowing things then it's worse Thank you, Pratik sir. Uh, any questions or comments amongst the attendees? I will ask uh, Somaraju sir for his opinion about uh, today's topic, and if he can share uh, his thoughts about uh, monkeypox virus as a general. Sir, I'm sure you must have seen smallpox in your days. Somaraju uh, sir. Thank you, Anup. Good evening, everybody. Uh, some interesting thing about uh, this disease is. that uh, nothing to declare except my ignorance uh, 
uh, about uh, absolute ignorance about the disease. And uh, I heard a lot of you, few of you speaking about it. My only suggestion is uh, for a period of time, what we went through in COVID-19, from ignorance to slowly acquiring significant knowledge about it, and we are slightly more aware of the disease than what we started with. Let us not commit the same mistake in this disease, taking things for granted. And a uh, lot of expert opinions uh, uh, <coughs> based upon incomplete information are guesswork. And uh, that includes even WHO. Be careful about all this. And also last day I wanted to comment, so much is being talked about rash. Be aware of colored races, including the Asians. Uh, rash is a problem to detect alien disease. Thank you. Uh, sir, your comments on uh, the public health point of view, because it is, I believe it is just a matter of time before we see a lot of these cases in our area. Uh, as far as the public health policies are concerned, you are in a position with all your years of experience where I think you can share your insights, how we as a doctor or uh, a public policy maker should be preparing for this. So at least from the doctor's standpoint, you can tell us how we should be preparing for this wave coming forward, both for yes, our protection. Be, yeah, thank you, Anup. Uh, we can only be aware of the fundamental fact uh, as uh, <coughs> Rudolf Virchow said in uh, mid-19th century, and uh, now we know that social determinants of health, medicine is a social science, and medicine is a political science today. And uh, the, where we live uh, and uh, your uh, overcrowding and all other issues, those social determinants will influence any disease that we come across. And now we know the fundamental truth about COVID is uh, as long as Chinese don't change their dietary habits, uh, <laughs> COVID is not going to disappear. Uh, I, I have no idea about this disease and uh, I, have to only, I can only share my ignorance. Thank you. Thank you so much, Selva. I think that public determinants of health is something that we have uh, brought into our discussion multiple times so far. And uh, I really wanted to do a huddle session on this uh, to understand our role in, uh, in the so-called defining the public determinants, understanding that we are not in an authority position or uh, what you call uh, the leadership position. Uh, but still, I think that from our individual point of view, we can, we can, we can discuss and do something uh, like that. Maybe in the future, uh, I'll, bring, I'll bring this up. Uh, Shankar, sir, some, uh, Shankar, sir, anything last point to add before I close today's session? So far, uh, for the monkeypox, because it belongs to the arthropox viruses, so, the smallpox vaccines, which are uh, available in US and uh, uh, UK, that is uh, Genios in uh, USA, Imvanex in uh, Europe, and Immune in uh, Canada, they are uh, available. They give cross immunity to monkeypox, uh, but uh, they are meant for smallpox. But uh, since uh, smallpox is uh, eradicated uh, in 1977, so we have not been, the vaccine is discontinued, literally, but still the smallpox vaccines are available in uh, the said, uh, stay, you know, said countries. And uh, modified vaccinia Ankara, that is the MVA vaccine, uh, so far uh, what I have alluded to, uh, that is given two doses with four weeks apart. So... Uh, and second, uh, one more vaccine is there that is also for the smallpox, which gives a cross immunity to the monkeypox, ACAM 2000 vaccine. These two vaccines are there uh, at present. Uh, they are being used in uh, many countries uh, uh, in the global outbreak. And uh, specific agents for the, uh, the, though it is a mild disease, but sometimes it may be severe enough because uh, if it occurs in less than eight years a child uh, or pregnant or the breastfeeding mothers or uh, 
patients with uh, complications of infections like uh, uh, sepsis, encephalitis, uh, bronchopneumonia and all. So in, uh, in uh, immunocompromised patients, uh, those who HIV patients, uh, those who are with lymphoma, uh, generalized malignancy, organ transplantation, uh, bone marrow transplants, chemotherapy, cytotoxic agents, radiation, TNF-alpha inhibitors. So these patients, they will have uh, immunocompromised uh, uh, status so that uh, there the monkeypox will be very severe enough. So uh, in those patients, we can give. So in mild cases, it is a self-limiting disease. In mild cases, there is only supportive therapy. But uh, in uh, these severe uh, forms, uh, the, these agents are also meant for only smallpox, but uh, they can be used here. Uh, so is repurposeful, but uh, they are found to be active, uh, effective. Uh, tecovirimat and uh, one more is as uh, Dr. Pratik Patel told, acidophovir or brincidophovir. Uh, they can be given alone or they can be given uh, combined and uh, oral and intravenous preparations are also available. They can be given for 14 days. Uh, there is uh, one more uh, vaccina immune globulin is also uh, available in uh, advanced countries. Uh, so it may be considered in immune suppressed individuals uh, with the exposure history so that uh, we can uh, uh, avoid, avoid uh, occurrence of the disease. So these are the regarding the specific agents for the disease and uh, specific uh, pox vaccines. Uh, so they are not available in India, but uh, uh, see, we developed uh, Covaxin within a year. So in no time, the outbreak goes on. Uh, these agents will be made available in a short period. Thank you, one and all. Thank you, Shankar, sir. Uh, Pratik, sir, any, any closing last-minute thoughts about this before I close the session? Uh, no, I think uh, we should be vigilant is what I would say, probably. Just keep uh, eyes close, uh, you know, eyes open, and uh, keep your thought process in line to see any case with probable uh, history and uh, rash. You should be able to differentiate early with the points we discussed, so that early reporting and further spread is averted. So that's what I would say, uh, and then uh, let's see how it goes. Perfect. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you all for attending today's session. Special thanks to Pratik, sir, for enlightening us with uh, his uh, insights about uh, uh, this new virus. To all the attendees who are particularly joining us for the first time, we would like to get your feedback for the session. And if you find the session worthwhile, you may share it with your colleagues. Uh, as I mentioned previously, the weekly huddle we host it every Wednesday. So the same link that you use to join today will be working for future sessions as well. And all our weekly huddle sessions are recorded and eventually they are available uh, on podcast and YouTube platform after a delay of a month or two. So if you want to uh, listen to some of the previous uh, recorded sessions, you can always go back and use your dead time to listen to some of the discussion that we had previously. If nobody has any other comments or questions, then I would like to close the se session for today. Thank you, Pratik, sir, again. And thank you, all of you. Good night. We will see you again next Wednesday. Good night. Bye.